Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, please head over to YouTube and see our wonderful videos that we are mm-hmm. putting out. I mean, not to toot our own horns. We're doing some good videos over there, vlogging our experience with the Build Your Library, ancient civilizations. We're having a great time. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be... I think we're in week five and six mm-hmm. right now. And we're going to be adding some more curriculum reviews soon. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. We're getting our new YouTube setup going. Mm-hmm. And so we really appreciate those of you that have checked that out. Um, and we noticed we got a couple of new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank so we super appreciate that. And Absolutely. if you haven't reviewed us yet on Apple Podcasts, please do that. It makes our hearts happy. Um, and you know, for those of you joining us on YouTube, all your likes and comments and things, we read them all. We we, we do. We we're, do. We're not so big that we don't enjoy each and every one of <laughs> So if you leave us a comment saying this was super helpful or love your videos or whatever, we we, we totally dig that. So thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Thanks uh, for the encouragement, you guys. Any, any comments as I age that I'm looking more and more like George Clooney, I will, I will like and, <laughs> you will accept. And, I will like and follow and comment back. Um, Ariel, one of the biggest things happening in the world right now, other than other things that I'm not allowed to talk about on this podcast because it's not on brand, <laughs> aliens. Um <laughs> It's so weird. Is the AI revolution. So people have probably been open up their Facebook pages yeah. or they have been reading articles and they've heard the term AI, AI, AI. There's all these, all these, all, we, we've seen an infinite amount of it. So we as tech people, <laughs> as amateur tech people. Yeah, can we say we're tech people? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, technically I was a tech person for a while. Yeah, um, I still work in tech. So you're still in tech. Yeah, it counts. So we've been hearing AI more and more and specifically around two areas of application that people can actually interact with. Mm -hmm. Um, That is around image generation. um, And the second one is actually in text generation. If you have a younger, you know, high school kid, or you know of a college student, it is likely they are one of the hundred million people who have been using uh, AI generating uh, text um, tools such as ChatGPT. And we'll get Mm -hmm. into the various different ones out there. But um, ChatGPT, I believe, was the fastest tool ever to 100 million users. I mean, faster than Facebook and Twitter and all these other technologies. I don't doubt it. It's amazing. I used it a ton. Um, I'm working mm-hmm. on my um, my grad degree right now for my MBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used it a ton to yep. help explain things to me. Like I'd read some complicated thing in the textbook and not fully understand it. And I'd say like, can you simplify this and explain it to me? And it would. And I was like, oh, this is so great. You know, so. <laughs> So it can be a really great tool. I know some people are a little bit afraid of it. And, you know, I think I know that that um, there is going to be some government oversight coming mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and there is going to be some rules on it and things. But for the moment right now, there's a lot 
of goodness that you can take advantage of. And there's lots of, we can leverage for our homeschool. Mm-hmm. So and wanted, you've mentioned this over the last few episodes of yeah. kind of teased it, I think a couple episodes ago. Yeah, we're ago. using it in yeah. a few ways, but I'm honestly astounded by the number of ways people are using it. Mm-hmm. Things I would never have even thought of. There's a really great Facebook group and we'll go into that. Yep. That's talking about different ways to use it. So the purpose of this episode is to give you an overview of kind of what the landscape looks like um, and what these tools are good at and what they're not good at and give you some initial ideas to to get started in using them and you can start dabbling and then I think know, we're going to do like I think every quarter we're going to put out another episode because I think it's changing too fast. It's changing well it's not just that it's changing too fast but it's becoming almost necessary to use. And it, as us as educators, we are thinking ahead in in terms of our children's yeah. education and their careers and the technologies that they may or may not have to use whether it's you know, I know we're we're thinking science and we're thinking like, okay, they got to learn to type mm-hmm. and how to use, you know, critical thinking skills when investigating things online, writing, you know, essays and compositions, doing research around history and whatnot. So they have to end up using and interfacing with a lot of technology, not just the fact that, you know, each and every one of us have has phones on us at yeah. all the time and computers are everywhere and they're ubiquitous and when tablets are everywhere and screens are everywhere, there's so much technology that they have to navigate this is going to become one of those pieces of technology that I think will become not just mandatory, but it's almost going to become necessary um, for yeah. them to learn. Over the over the next, I would say, five to 10 years, it will become almost ubiquitous. And, and, and Right. They're going to find ways to use it, and then it's going to be a, a really necessary exactly. tool. Like so we're not going to go into any of like the details of like, oh, okay, where is AI going to be used in the, in the yeah, commercial sense or anything? <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about right how can we use this in our homeschool and where can we leverage this? Right. And then yeah. I, and, and like you say, I think we'll be kind of every quarter doing a new, a maybe we'll call it, newsletter. you know, technology yeah. and homeschool or something and do a roundup of it. And really it's because as we were, we've been researching for this for the past couple of months of how to do this episode. And it was so daunting because every time I just thought research, I got research, it's like, we are using it. Yeah, now. we are using yeah. it. And every time I kind of thought I had gotten it in a bubble that we could like present to you all, then the bubble kept growing with new ways yeah. to use it and new ideas and new products. And so we just, I think we're just going to have to keep touching this because yep. um, it's just going to change too quick. So let's get into a couple of the AI products, um, specifically around the image generation. This is probably mm-hmm. what was first on the scene in the, in the sense of People maybe have heard AI for the first time. They were able to start to dabble with it. This is where I believe I got my first touch into it. Yeah, you've been using it for MidJourney for a long time. Almost eight or nine months now, almost going on a year. You were a very early adopter. I think I was in the beta program for MidJourney. I was accepted into it. So I think if I remember right. So let's talk about the AI art generators. Um, First big, there's probably two big ones that you may have heard. And Mm -hmm. there's kind of a third out there as well. Um, the first one would be the Dolly 2. Um, and so this is essentially um, similar to Midjourney, where they create these realistic images based on word prompts. So for example, you know, give me an image, or you'll type in there and say, you know, image prompt, um, a dog on the top of a roof of a, of a skyscraper overlooking a sunset with, you know, hues of purple and orange, um, photorealistic, 
um, in this aspect ratio. We we had one. Do you did one for our daughters? It was like yeah, they're girl, dancing. They're two girls dancing. Girl on a dragon with a with oh, yeah. a the dragon uh, one. butterfly girl on a dragon with a wand at sunset or whatever. I mean, yep. our kids gave you this crazy prompt and you put it in, and and the generator can make these for you. So the thing with Dolly is it's really looking to create realistic images. Um, it costs about 13 cents an image or so. Mm-hmm. So there are larger monthly plans that decrease your cost, but every image is, um, is going to, there is a cost to it. So none of these AI art generators are free, yep. um, which is important to note. And what's important about Dolly too, is that it's owned by the same or managed by the same company, OpenAI, that does ChatGPT, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a few minutes. So they're under the same thing. So if you've heard ChatGPT, Dolly 2 is essentially their image generating AI tool that is under their the same umbrella of right. that, that organization. And we're going to put links to all yeah. of these products um, in the show notes. So don't worry about spelling and yeah. things. So so a lot of times, so if you think about what is Dolly or, or and we'll talk about MidJourney next here, what are they doing? Um, essentially, you are renting space. What you are paying for is space on a, a server that they have to crunch the information of your prompt generate the images and return those back to you so Mm -hmm. these are done through a web interface primarily Um, there are tools out there like stable diffusion which are a little bit more wonky and more difficult to use but they can be then installed on your computer locally and they use your local computer to generate the images and that can be slow if you do not have a high-performing graphics card. Right. It's much cheaper to just pay for the images to to be run. Exactly. Um, The next one is MidJourney. MidJourney, I think MidJourney and Dolly 2 were kind of in, are in this like running, you know, horse race. Um, Mm -hmm. Who has the best tech? And and some things that Dolly 2 does well, MidJourney lacks. And there's other things that MidJourney does really well that Dolly 2 lacks. I'm primarily on MidJourney and I've used MidJourney for about nine months now. Mm -hmm. Um, Inspiration making, you know, art images, um, making funny art images for my friend to make fun of them or something like that, you know, just as a joke and whatnot, well, just you, having fun with it. You've been using them for, to generate Books, covers, covers, inspiration, books. art, yeah. um, character art, um, landscapes. It does yeah. a really good job at landscapes. And we'll talk about all yeah. the different things that it can create. Yeah. This one is really good. Mid journey is really good at creative, um, and imaginative images. So yeah. if you really want like fantasy or you can look at some of the, um, examples of things that they have made on Midjourney, and they they are breathtaking. breathtaking. Some of them are just completely photorealistic yeah. images of people and things that are just like you wouldn't know. Yeah. So this one, it's a little bit more difficult to use because it relies on Discord, which mm-hmm. is um, it's a software application where it's, it's essentially like a chat. It's like a, it's like a chat. Yeah, it's a it's chat, a chat type tool. Thing. If you remember, sort of like an AOL Instant Messenger. If you could imagine something like that, where remember you, where we had like chat rooms. Chat rooms. Yeah. Let's go in the wayback yeah. machine, <laughs> and there the were chat AOL rooms. chat rooms. Yeah, right. and you would go into a chat room on something that you were interested in. Well, this is kind of like that, except mm-hmm. you you aren't sharing space with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Discord is made to do that. So like I'm on a Discord, for example, for board game people that does board game deals. And we can all kind of chat about that and they talk about board game deals. But so Discord is primarily for that. But if you get Discord to run mid-journey, it's just you're in your own private channel it's not like there's so, nobody else in that room so, with you it's just you yeah midjourney has their own essentially servers their chat rooms um where people can generate and test out things this was back when midjourney was kind of wide open now they've kind of closed it down because they had too many users um and they were they were actually breaking discord they were too big mm-hmm. <laughs> their their groups were too big 
Uh, and so what they do is um, they use Discord essentially as their the way for you to interact with Midjourney. So you essentially will invite Midjourney's uh, essentially like a bot, they call it a bot, into your private server or into a group server. And then you can throw commands at it, like prompts, like, hey, make me an image of a dragon on a on a plane fighting a, a knight, you know, or something of that nature. And then Midjourney will then do the effort and work for you and then return that to you in Discord. They're using Discord as essentially, you know, for lack of a better term, as a front end. So instead of doing it through a website, they're using uh, Discord. And that can be really difficult if you are first trying to get into this, if you're start, starting mm-hmm. to play around a little bit. It's really, really difficult to get that all set up. It's not very intuitive. If you have a like a techie teenager or something, they'll know how to do this it. This would be fine. Yeah. Um, it's not like you have access to other people in no, other no. chat rooms or anything like. That. There's not like a privacy safety. They concern have a nice walkthrough um, that if you follow it um, to the point, you can get it set up. I would say if you're going to start out and play around with it, start with Dolly too because it's a better interface to start with. Right. I think Midjourney is a little bit better from a performance standpoint. I like what it generates better. They are actively right now, if I believe, they are putting together a mobile app for you to be able to use instead of having to use, or a, uh, I think a, an app as well for your computer that you can then interface with their, you know, right. their image generation tool. So and and so while that's a little bit more tech difficult as far as using Discord, not it's not crazy tech difficult here. We're not no. talking about you know you need to have a lot of information, but you do have to follow the steps. The one thing about Midjourney is that you pay one price and you get to generate as many yeah. images as you want. They will so, throttle you if you have too many. Right, but so they have it, it won't go as fast, but you can yeah. still do a lot. So rather than paying by image, you yeah. can just do as much as you want in that month for like the lowest one is ten, 10 to thirty bucks. It's ten, in that 10 range. bucks for the the slower package and yeah. we're talking slow it's not like it takes a day to render it's no gosh it's less than to render an image it would take you less than 20 20 seconds right so it's it's depending on the queue and tell me how busy how, it is. how busy yeah. how many people are there so you can really get it pretty affordably um and you can generate a lot of images in a month so it's definitely the more affordable of the options it's just a little bit more tech difficult to get yeah. into so um the next one is dream I believe this is dream.ai is the website. Um, they do a lot of surreal, surreal images, kind of dreamlike images, um, not as heavily on the realistic side. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with this one just a little bit. Um, it's kind of weird because there's so many of these things spawning every every day and right. every week. Right, and there's a ton that we're not talking about. These yeah. are just the three most popular ones we're going to go over mm-hmm. just, just for sake of time. <laughs> yeah, so they, they give you some options to kind of play around with it. That's a free option. And then obviously there's a there's a paid option, like I think five bucks a month for 10, 10 images a day. Right, so you can do five images a day for free. Yeah. And five images sounds like a lot, but when you're trying to figure out getting these prompts just right, actually five is not very much at all yeah, because you, you're really going to spend a lot of time playing with different text strings and what makes it look the way you see it in your head. Um, So, you know, you do want access to produce quite a bit more. Yeah. If you're a very particular person, you are going to struggle with the image generators because you're going to have something very specific in your mind and they're going to create something and it'll be like 80% there, but you'll want it to be the hundred percent. It's really good for people who are, you know, okay with the 80 or 90%, but it's going to take you like if you're trying to generate an image for something, like I remember I was working on an image for a specific, you know, vision that I had. And it took me a hundred, 150 cycles of playing with the prompt, redoing the prompt, reshuffling the prompt, mm-hmm. changing certain words in the prompt and working it 
until it gave me something that I was looking for. And once I got something that I was kind of looking for, or or it spawned something that I thought was good, good, then I had to like hone that. And then I had to play with it and twist it. And it could take you an hour to just generate that one image that you're looking for. Right. And it really depends on what you're trying to create with this. If you're, if your learner is trying to create something like a, for for like a book or a a comic book or or something something that you're going to take, you know, you need the images to be just so, uh, or you're going to be playing with lots of like character generation and things you really could need a lot of day. So, so those are the three basic um, AI art generators and we'll talk more about, you know, what they're good for and and how to use them in some ideas. But um, let's move on to the large language model. And yeah. so when you've when you've heard AI lately, you're probably thinking this, and this is your your Chat GPT, your Bard, now Claude has come out on the market, mm-hmm. or Cloud. Cloud. I don't know how we say it. Um, it's it's spelled like Claude Monet. So I don't know. Yep. Um, so those are the three that you're really hearing about that they're doing congressional hearings on, and that they're <laughs> and that they're talking about that, all over that the your place. Co- that your your cousin who's a college student is using to help write his papers. Right. That <laughs> that your you know maybe your employer like mine has sent out emails saying don't put anything confidential on this thing because it's not safe. It's not nope. pri- it's not private. You know things like that. These are the ones you're really hearing about. So the large language models, the 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 one that most everyone's hearing about is ChatGPT. Yep. And on this really great Facebook group, which I'll go into in a little bit, the, the moderator or and creator Mary, she calls it chatty. chatty. So I'm totally stealing that. I'm, I'm, you know, Mary or whoever, if you're listening, I'm totally stealing chatty because I think it's awesome. Um, so this is uh, free. This the Chat well, so GPT three. There's three, three and four. Four. Four is what you pay for, and five is in the is in Scumbox right now. I don't I don't see a good place to actually pay for four right now. There's not like a hey, just pay ten bucks a month for four. It's still kind of closed off. I imagine that maybe. In the next month or two, you'll be able to pay for four, but right now you can only get three. So ChatGPT, it's uh, it's free, but the data is limited to everything before September of 2021 because it is the free version. So if you, if at some point they let you pay for four, then you'll get up to date information. But this is the this is designed for dialogue applications, so mm-hmm. it really strives to hold conversations that are really informative and engaging. Um, and this one can create a lot of creative text. They can do poems or mm-hmm. scripts, letters, haikus. Um, we were using it for party ideas for our oh, four-year-old. We, I have a whole list of ideas. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We've used it for tons of stuff, but this one is more geared towards being creative. But it's a conversation. They really, I think a lot of the guys in, in Silicon Valley are thinking that the you will have an AI like a pet. And that pet lives with you for your entire life and it learns what you learn and whatnot. So that's why they have this term conversations. Right. And so that's why it's like a thread where you're essentially if you've used something like Teams or if you've used something like a chat, a chat window or something where you have this or you're just thinking like any type of chat that you have on your phone with like, you know, your husband or wife or whatever. Customer service. Customer service. Yeah. <laughs> and it has this like rolling thread and you can continue to have a conversation. And right. what's cool is, is it's a. It's a realistic interface where you can say, hey, can you give me five uh, plot ideas for a sci-fi book that's set on the moon? And it will give you a couple of ideas. And then you tell it and say, can you give me five more with a little bit more danger, you know? And it will mm-hmm. go and do that. And it'll, it'll, it'll see what you had written And before. you can say like, oh, expand on number five. Yeah. And it remembers what, what it number, wrote, five number five was. And that is the beauty of it. That's where it gets really, really amazing when you're actually using these tools that it's, it feels so intuitive right it feels natural and th- that's kind of the the idea is the large language models is that it feels very natural mm-hmm. um, and these are basically predictive engines that they're not really it's not like the terminator like you know you want to mm-hmm. think it's a terminator <laughs> yeah. 
this is essentially a, these things are predictive engines based on what you've asked it. And it is trying to predict what is the most likely thing that you are looking for. And it's been trained on all kinds of books information and, and open books source and information websites, yeah. and websites. And, and so they've, they've trained on these huge data sets to and try not, to get this information. We're not talking like millions of words or billions of words. We're talking like, I think like trillions of things. Like it's the, the numbers of things that they train these models on is like, it's mind boggling how much they train these, these tools right. on. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm in like a group, I'm in a group on Reddit where they're playing with Lambda, which is I think the Facebook one, or um, they have all these um, smaller AI tools that people are actually training on their own with their own data sets. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get them to do their something specific, um, say like you're a medical or whatever. And you're seeing them train with like a little small subset of data. And they're like, oh, it starts to hallucinate because you literally the term is hallucinate. Uh, the AI will hallucinate because it will not give you the right predictive data because it ha doesn't have enough data that it was trained on. It's really, the terms are really wild and, and watching these guys. Yeah, some of them are this like kind of, kind of anthropomorphized. Yeah, um, it's really amazing. Like they're treating terms. it like a living thing, but it's really just a, a, a set of code that predicts things. But right. that's ChatGPT3. What's cool about ChatGPT3 is it has a web interface, but also an app that yes. I think is now available on iOS and Android. It is because I have it. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. I have the chat GPD, the chatty app. The chatty app. Um, but so, what's the next one? This one's from Google. Right. So this is Bard, also designed for dialogue. This one's cool because it has access to Google search. Yeah. So it can find things for you. It can give you results. It can give you an answers and then feed in actual Google search results. And it's trained on a little bit larger data set. It can do creative text, but it's not really as good at that. Like if you want poems or creative writing, use chat um, GPD. Use chatty because it's much better at that. Um, it is up to date though, which is great. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have that, that cutoff and you can upload, but you can only upload images. So you can upload an image to Google and say like, where is this? Or, um, uh, write me, you know, write me, um, poem a, a on poem image, on, right. the, well, it's not good at poems, but it's, it's not, my wife's anniversary. Here's her first picture. Write me a haiku a, or a say, <laughs> you know, um, here's a picture, plan me a trip itinerary around yeah. this space. You yeah. know, where, when should I go here? Whatever. You know, you can do a lot of interesting What's the best things. time of year to uh, visit Florence, right? Or, and it will give you that information. Right. It can give you all kinds of stuff. So that that's what's kind of nice about, about Bard. Um, Chatty doesn't have any uh, option for you to upload anything. No. Not ChatGPT3. I anyway. wonder, I think uh, ChatGPT4 allows you to do some of those. There's some might. features in 4 that are not available in 3. That'll have to be covered on our yep. next tech update. Next one, yeah. um, so the new one, the new kid on the block from Anthropomorph, Anthrop, Anthrop. Anthropic. Anthropic. Okay. Is Cloud. Cloud, um, which has been trained on a lot of dialogue specific data. It's better at holding conversations. Um, I've noticed that it's really good at um, like long form writing. Like if you yeah. want it to uh, take, what's really nice about it is you can upload, you can upload more than just images. You can upload documents, you can upload PDFs or docs. So if I had um, like a 30 page article that I wanted, I could upload it and say, could you summarize this for me yeah. in 500 words? And it will do it. And so that's really great. And I think- Or like, for example, what if you were doing ancient civilizations in Egypt and there's this new discovery that you read on, I don't know, Scientific American, you can mm -hmm. load that up and say, can you condense this into a two paragraphs so that I can use this in our homeschool tomorrow? Right. Or you found you find a great article and you load it up and say, can you summarize this in a hundred, you know, in 
um, 100 words or less or two paragraphs or less at a second grade level. And it will do that. So it really can take this work away from you. You don't have to read all this stuff in order to then summarize. So it's really good on that. The fact that you can upload documents means that I'm going to use that one a lot. Yeah, it's a great feature. Yeah, because there are times when I need to read some pretty hefty articles and and things and it's going to cut my time down significantly so those are the really good um, ai models um, or large language models Uh, but one thing we did want to note is that of course there is this government oversight part that's coming in i don't know exactly how what limits they're going to put on it but all of these companies are meeting with the white house right now (laughs) like next week so um this is an ongoing discussion and they all do have open lawsuits about copyrights and things Yeah, what what materials they use to train their models and all that stuff right so there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on this is going to be a new and emergent thing we just wanted to make a note about that so that you all kind of know that it's um, nothing is settled with, with all of these. So, um, so let's get started on using AI art generator. Yep. You are great at this. So take it away. How do you use an AI art generator? So with both the AI art generators and the large language models, they are primarily text-based interfaces. Um, mm-hmm. as of now, you cannot just speak to it. Um, I know you can, I mean, you can do a little bit of text to speech if you did something like that on your phone, but yeah, you can hit the microphone, the microphone button and and have it dictate what you're saying, but there is no, like, there's no interaction and there's no voice generated answers back to you. So you're not having an actual conversation. Everything is through words. Um, for now, for now, (laughs) (laughs) and everything that changed and everything that, that we are saying is has the little caveat at the end of it that says, as of now. Right, right. <laughs> and next week, it will be different. And and a lot of these tools like MidJourney uh, that I'll talk specifically about here, they are moving really fast. Like every few months, I'm seeing a new version get dropped um, that is in beta mode and people start making images and I'm, I'm on the subreddit for MidJourney. And the artwork is just breathtaking. Like it's, it's what comes in is just amazing. And they end up solving the problem of the hands. Okay, Midjourney had trouble making hands. Yeah, it made hands with like a bunch of fingers. Eight or nine fingers on it or seven fingers. Six-fingered man. You'll have like, give me a picture of uh, of Harrison Ford, um, you know, walking across the street. And he'll be like sitting there and be like, wow, that's amazing. And then he's noticed he's got like eight fingers. Right. <laughs> well, they can do some really, really interesting things, right? Because yeah. you could say something to it like, um, give me a picture of Harrison Ford as... I don't know. I'm going to come up with something weird. Harrison Ford in Harry Potter. Yeah. And it will put like Harrison Ford's face in wizard robe at Hogwarts. It will do crazy, crazy stuff. It will blow your mind. And it's really fun. Very often there are these, um, these, somebody will have made, worked really hard to make a bunch of images. As we talked before, it's hard to get the image you want. And, but somebody will go out and do a, a big effort. They'll post 12 or 15 photos of, you know, Harry Potter actors in a 70s sitcom. And it will be, you know, you know, Hermione's there and she's sitting there at a table, almost like the, was that 70s show, right? Right, right. And they'll, they'll make these mashups and it'll be really fun and cool. And someone will make an article about it and you'll scroll through all the images and be like, wow, that's amazing. And it, it is breathtaking. So everything is done through a text input. Mm-hmm. And the text input, this is where the art is, <laughs> is they call it text engineers now. Um, how well can you you learn how the AI wants to get the information so that you can get out what you want. And that's really where the art is. How can I put the words in a certain way that will generate the outcome that I'm looking for? And then how can I take that outcome and maybe tweak it a little bit and then try something new 
or take that prompt and you know remove this piece which is causing errors or quote unquote hallucinations mm -hmm. and I really want this other thing so I have to change the words it's all this nuance of how to use the terms and right. words and they're not like special words you know they're just how are you describing what you want and how does the AI take that information and then use that those words to go through its gigantic probability map to essentially remove all the noise and then give you the right. the image. And that, that's essentially what it's doing. It's actually thinking in, in some respect. I think that this more than more than language models, the AI art generators, it is a skill. It's a it's a big time. It skill. is an absolute skill. When you first start with it, you may have a really difficult time getting it to produce what you envision it producing, but yeah. it it can make absolutely amazing results. So I think that you know it's really easy to start using it, but oh, to absolutely. use it well takes a lot of yeah. practice and time. Highly worth it, right? Where but the the language models really low barrier entry. You can play around. You can, I mean, definitely it does matter kind of some of your word choice, but the, but every single word you use in an AI art generator makes a difference to that image. Whereas it's not necessarily the case. There's a bunch of ways to ask the same question of an, of a language model. It'll give you basically the same answer and you can ask it in different forms and it'll be fine. But AI art generators are not every, every single word is vital. It matters. It, it matters. all matters. Absolutely matters. And there are some Theories where people use more words and some people use less words because, oh, more words that are more specific will, the AI will know exactly what I'm looking for and generate what I'm, what I need. Some people will say, oh no, it's confusing the AI. It's too much. You need to be simpler and then use that simple text to then generate what you're looking for and then run a bunch of iterations. So there's a lot of like working theories on what is best and what is, what is worst. So essentially, once you give it a prompt, it begins to work. What's cool is, is some of the tools will allow you to make multiple prompts. So you can have one cooking, you know, essentially one pot cooking here, and then you can go put another prompt in, have another pot cooking. Mm -hmm. And you can do a couple and they put them into like a queue. And then all of a sudden, boom, here comes your first generation. And very often they give you multiple images. So they, you took your prompt and they said, not only did I make you one image, I made you about two or three or four. Midjourney makes you four images. And each image could be wildly different. Some of them are very similar, depending on like how specific your prompt was. Mm -hmm. it, from there, you can choose, I don't like any of these images. And they give you- Roll the dice again. Roll it again. And then essentially what that means is it take that prompt, just do it again. And then it's gonna generate four new images that are completely different from the previous four that you had. And you may just hit roll, 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 like. 20 times and finally boom here comes the one that has the right composition that i'm looking for not perfect maybe give me some more variations on this image and so that's the first choice you get to have you can either take more variations and then what it will do is we'll say okay take image two and but give me some different combinations of flavors. that flavors of that one it's not going to be it's not going to be as dramatic a change as yeah. re-rolling the whole thing but you're like yeah. i like 80 percent of that image but yeah. i just i want to see it in different settings or whatever exactly. and so that's what a variation does yeah. it's not as much change it's not as much change then all of a sudden you do that three or four times re-roll 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 <gasps> that's the one i like this one really 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 nicely upscale this one and but that, what that does is it takes this quickly rendered image and says, okay, I'm gonna redo this one image, 
but I'm going to do a really good job at it. But all the detail, all the detail, all the effort and everything. And then you end up getting, I think two images off of that or one or two images off of that. And then there's some other features where you can say, you know, enhance this even more, expand the image, which is a new feature, which allows you to say, I love the image, but I want the background. I want this image to be a little bit smaller and I want more background Mm -hmm. and it will actually generate additional background. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Or move this character over a tad and you have this uh, right, left, up or down arrows now where you can actually move your character around the image. So very good is like expand the image and then move my character over. So if you're thinking of like, I want to put something on the thirds, right? That's a aesthetically mm-hmm. beautiful thing is putting things on the thirds. It's uh, like a film or a, a photography thing. You can do that by moving your image around a little bit. Now they have a little bit more control and tools there. So that's essentially what you can do. And then once you have that generated, you then right click and hit save and that's your image. And it's a large image. These will be very large, high def, I think three megabyte images, um, yeah. like hundred and 1,440, and it depends on what your aspect ratio but was. yeah, you could like, make like a small really like poster pixel. for a room out of exactly. these. Exactly, and you could do wall art. Like if you're thinking about doing something on your wall and you mm-hmm. want to, you want to, you know, your kid is interested in generating fantasy landscapes or w- whatever it right. might be, or um, these are really, really cool things. Now, things that people can do with this. Now, you can obviously print it off, put it up as wall art and like, hey, look how amazing this thing is. You can use it for writing. Like we were talking about, yep. like if your young student is writing a short story set in a mythical fantasy world, you can have this AI art generate for them. Right, which is really cool, right? When you're yeah. when your student is too young to be able to put the image in their head onto paper, yep. th- they can say, "Oh, I'm having a I want to write this story about yeah. a unicorn that goes on an adventure to find lost artifacts in ancient Egypt or something like crazy thing that n- yeah. no one has ever done before." And Midjourney will make that for them. They will. So it's I love the imaginative power of it yep. because you could almost, you know, those uh, like Rory story cubes. Yep. We, we were could, playing with them yesterday. Yeah. You could almost like roll Rory story cubes and get all these things and just add them all into a prompt and help it like <laughs> really make nice. pictures to go with your story. What I love about mid journey is that the sky is the limit. It's, it's unbounded. You, yeah. Your kids can create anything that they can imagine. Oh, and a good, a good anything. thing, a good thing to note here as well, that mid journey has a layer above the generator and this is something they've generated where they restrict certain type of content so sexual content blood gore anything super nasty like they they restrict certain words Mm -hmm. and if you get hit by one of the words sometimes it'll be something silly like um blood right and you'll use it in the wrong way um i I like an image of an arm with the blood vessels Mm -hmm. right and that may get rejected because you're it's a blood and they don't want to do gore. And that's something they'll restrict. And so you have to say human anatomy veins, um, you know, right. hand drawn, blah, blah, blah. And so you can't say certain words. Um, right. No sexualized content. So if you use any um, sexualized anatomy, um, any nasty words, uh, naughty words, um, any racial words, they're all restricted. So it's a fairly safe platform with respect right. to what is being generated. And there's no interaction from other people. So it's no. just, it's, all, it's your own private thing. Well, what are you talking about? The AI is a person. <laughs> so 
That's that is cool. And yeah. I think one thing that you mentioned there that we should we should talk about, you said hand drawn. You mm-hmm. can also specify not just what you want, but the style. Yeah. Oh, your student loves a certain artist. They can make it in that style. That's that's where a little bit they of controversy love, comes. Yeah. You know, Japanese anime and yeah. they want to do whatever mm-hmm. in that style. A draw. I mean, or if you're looking for a black and white image that you can use as a coloring thing, like right. we did you this, can make coloring pages out of this. We were we, we, we did were this with, with a, uh, Avatar. Um, uh, our daughter, oldest daughter, and youngest as well. They like watching the Avatar show. The Last Airbender. Last, yeah, the Airbender show. And she was looking for a Katara uh, coloring page. And you know, I'm always going on Google Katara, yeah, you know, coloring page. I mean, we're always print, on print, Google print, print, Images, print. printing coloring pages. It's amazing. And I went into Mid Journey. I said, you know, I, I wonder if it would make me something. So I, I put Katara, um, you know, you know, using magic, you know, uh, action you know, dramatic, comma, uh, black and white. And it generated me this like wonderful black and white image of Katara, you know, doing something. And I went ahead and printed it and my daughter colored it. It was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. really neat. So you can create those. Um, you can also use it. People are starting to use it to create their own graphic novels. Oh, so yeah. if you have a, a middle school or teen or even even younger, if you want to help them, you know, you can start figuring out there there is a, a way, and this is part of the skill stuff, so we won't talk too in-depth about it, but there is a way to kind of save a character mm-hmm. and continue to use that. that it's very difficult. It's not super easy. It would be best for, like I'd say, like a high school student, but you can, you can save that prompt and then put that character in different mm-hmm. places. But there's been folks who've created whole graphic novels out mm-hmm. of mid-journey. Um, and I just, I love this, this availability of art it's also a great inspiration tool. Let's oh, say that you, your tremendous. child, um, you, you know, you want your child to do some art and they're just having like a block coming up with ideas. This is a great way to put a bunch of stuff in there and give them some ideas. And then maybe they can draw from that, or it'll give them writing inspiration for some sort of a, you know, new short story. This is great. If you've got a child who plays D and D and they want to mm-hmm. make a character for themselves, right? Yeah. You know, if that's you, a great idea, it's a great way let's say that they want to write a fantasy story and they're thinking of the different traits in their head of the different ways that they might want their characters to be they can make all the characters in mid journey and then they can see them they almost come to life and then they can write about them if you have a student who's getting into graphic design or, or getting into art and they always feel like okay i'm doing these you know concept landscape designs and they're they're really scary and big you can start on mid journey and then import that image in and they can begin to use the art as kind of a guide or they can modify that AI right. image and make it something their own. Our daughter has started doing tracing with them too. Oh, so yeah. you can have a black and white image and then they can trace. And so that's a good you know, way bef- before they have the art skills. So there's these a lot are just there, a, a lot on the AI. Art. There's a lot of things you can do with it. Mostly it's really, really cool. It and the so things cool. that you can make are like, you know, the moment you get yourself onto something like mid journey, you'll just be up all night making just crazy images because you can, and it's amazing. And it gives you hundreds of ideas, uh, yeah. hundreds of ideas for stories and things. So, so that's, that's AI art generators. So let's talk about the large language models. So, so if you go ahead and get a large language model, how, you know, you've used ChatGPT or I've Bard. used all three of them. Yeah. Bard and Claude. You know, how do you start? Where- so these are all Google account sign-ins. So Perfect. you can just use your Google account, sign in with that. Everything is free, which is great. So ChatGPT3 and Bard and Claude, 
all free. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, you, as we talked about, pose the questions through the chat strings mm-hmm. and they do remember your conversation. Um, older chats are remembered. And yeah. so you really, if you're going to change topics, you want to start a new string because it's going to remember data from something you were talking about something different. Um, it does save your old conversations. Eventually they do fall off. So, um, but your last, like in chat GPT, gosh, my last like 15 conversations are saved so I can go back. You can also share your conversation so you can click on a share link and send them to somebody, or you can save them in your Google doc or something like, oh, here's a bunch of great ideas for, um, ancient Egypt activities. I'm just going to save that for mm-hmm. later. And, and I think if you save the link, it saves the, it'll pull the conversation back up, even if it's not in your like most recent history. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really good at they're great at providing quick information and answers about uh, anything. Like like the, uh, um, what, what are great family movies from the 90s? Right. We wanted some great family movies to watch with our kids. They watched, um, they watched Beethoven. a movie. Yeah, they watched Beethoven. They just, they loved like the big. And we did uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, actually. they loved like big silly dog you know, movies. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, there's all these great 90s family movies. So we asked it to give us some suggestions. As I'm going through doing our ancient civilizations, I'm asking for movie suggestions um, you can ask it for book recommendations on different topics. And, and this is really one of the big things that I've heard um, about ChatGPT. And the reason why Microsoft jumped in to help fund OpenAI, which runs ChatGPT, is that it it is a potential replacement for search. It, it for me it does it is it is the fastest way to understand something and and through all of my college coursework that I've done this year I have used it a ton to help just as my first step in doing research like we were doing a whole thing about General Motors and had to research this company and all this stuff and what's funny is it, and I was like what are the yeah. three biggest challenges <laughs> facing General Motors right now and it was like boom 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 here they are it's amazing I'm like okay great that gives me an idea now I'm gonna go find articles that can support those ideas it's kind of how we used wikipedia back in early 2000s it was like our starting point yeah it is and then we went off starting point and we did our research and right you know, it helps what i like about it is it helps to give you a good starting point on the way you're thinking like okay i've got to complete this task i've got to do x y or z mm-hmm. and a lot of times you're like oh man i don't even know where to start like where do i start right and just ask chat gpt it gives and you great it's a great starting point kind of a nice little vector for you to go off in this direction at this speed and then you go ahead and take take the ball where you want it absolutely it's you know what are the key you know what are the key takeaways about ancient sumeria um ancient sumer uh, at a first grade level yeah why w- why is it important to study the history of Mesopotamia? Mm-hmm. And this is the stuff I've been searching about for ancient Egypt and all our ancient studies and stuff. And it gives it to you. Mm-hmm. Hey, suggest me activities to do that are nature-based that go with the study of, I don't know, snails or, or whatever. Or I want nature-based activities that go with early biology what type, what type of bugs do i find in the uh you know the local river in my area right it, it, it i mean we're just like throwing stuff out there but it can give you all kinds of great information so that's the first thing it's good at it can also translate language which is fantastic um it's really good at writing complex text in a variety of styles it can write you an essay a poem a blog post it can do you can change its style and say um hey write write me the the key uh, overview of like i said ancient sumer at first grade level uh write it more formal no write it more casual you i saw somebody do a prompt of how do i write an email
email to tell my in-laws I'm not coming for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And it was like, make it more conversational, you know, make it more heartfelt and it will do that. So that's kind of fun. I know your parents don't listen. I'm going to go ahead and uh, chat GPT this one. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, um, so you can, you can change its style even. It's really good at summarizing lengthy um, passages of text. So Mm -hmm. you have to copy and paste that into chat GPT uh, and Bard, but you can attach it with Claude. So that is great. It's like, oh man, I've got to read this entire thing. Mm, let's just put it into there and has, have it summarize it for me. Mm-hmm. And then you can decide what you want to go further but that, into. But that's the risky part. Like, is that summary correct? Is that summary right? So, so yeah. I mean, so we'll, test that. Don't don't like run into it. Right. It's kind of a trust but verify situation. Yeah. And we'll talk about what it's not good at. Yeah, but yeah, these absolutely. are things that it, it can do. And then programming help. I know a lot of programmers... Um, are are using ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Um, when I when I used to do a lot of code um, stuff as a uh, in my previous life, I used to watch the developers go out to the internet to like you know I think there was a couple of developer websites, famous ones like I don't know I I I could figure them, I could figure them out, but they they would go and actually find algorithms or or function calls that were similar to what they were trying to do mm-hmm. and just copy and paste, just sample code, yeah. and then they would practice. And it. now now ChatGPT, you can go in and say, hey, give me um, a function that does this that parses this data, that returns right. this value in this style. And Great for kids who are ahead. learning to code yes, and they perfect. want to do really simple things. And you can specify different languages. So if you're like, hey, we're writing in C or C++ or Python or Perl or whatever, mm-hmm. you're, whatever scripting language you might be playing with, it will do that for you. Right. And think about what you'd have to do otherwise. You'd oh. either have to go find a book on it and your kid's flipping through this book yeah. to try to find these, these you know, basic, um, you know, coding examples. That's typically not how people learn how to code. They learn how to use. Right. Yeah. Or you go and you're searching all of these different websites with like, yeah. help, I can't get this thing to work. And then you have all these answers people have given and you're trying to find the code. This is a faster way to shortcut that. So if you're having a kid who's learning to code, this is a great example. The other thing you can do is help you brainstorm ideas. Like you said, we had a four-year-old's birthday party to put on. It was outside. And so we're like, hey, give us ideas for a four-year-old's birthday party for activities. And then we, we it came up and we're like, mm, you know, half the kids coming are actually older siblings. Give, give ideas for multi-age activities. Mm-hmm. And it gave it. Oh, and then the the day before we realized it was going to rain. Uh, give us ideas for, um, you know, indoor activities or under shelter activities that are still outside for a four-year-old's birthday and party. And it did. It and, gave and us we used like two or three of them. So many ideas. We had this huge scavenger hunt that the kids yep. ran around and did. And it gave us all kinds of ideas that we were just... Do you know how many websites we would have had to go through, oh blogs and stuff of best kids party ideas or whatever? How many, how many times are you there? Are you sitting there going, oh, what am I going to do with the kids today? What am I going to do with the kids today? I don't oh, right. even know. But if you got recommended like one or two things, you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Right. Uh, let's go. Well, you one know, of the things <laughs> like for the for the four-year-old's birthday party example, if you think about what I would have done before this, I would have gone to like, I would have done a Google search. Or I would have gone to Pinterest and I would have clicked on a bunch of blogs that gave ideas for four-year-old's birthday parties. And you know what? Those blogs would have a certain amount of overlap where it's like, these are 10 ideas. Oh yeah, four of them I've already heard of. I'm only going to get a couple. And then I'm going to go to another site and I'm going to look and oh, I've heard of most of those. I'm only going to get a couple. So yeah. I'm going to all these sites. Instead, ChatGPT is not duplicating. They're just they're just giving me yeah. a whole list. I remember of we did it. it. We were like, give us five more. Give us five more. Yeah, give expand, us five more. expand. You know, yeah, more, more. Right. Yeah. And you can get it to whatever it gives you. Say, no, I want to know more. You know, no increase that, no shorten it, no make it, no change it this way or that. And it does it. So, which is really great. Um, it's also really good at explaining complex 
complex concepts and step-by-step task explanations. Mm-hmm. So like you read about some complex math thing, you could then say, uh, chat GPT, chatty or bard, can you explain to me what the, what the, you know, power rule is? No, simplify, no simplify. Give an is, example. Is I mean, chat, you could do that. Is chat GPT chatty and is bard, you know, Billy? Like, as you know, Bard's from Shakespeare, right? The Bard, right? I, I don't know. I'm not ready. Billy Shakes? I, I, haven't, I haven't come to it, but chatty. I'm going <laughs> chatty with chatty. So it can do things like that. If you read something and you, frankly, are just like, that's not clicking with me, Yeah. you could go and find a video about it or find a website, or you could just ask chatty, hey, you know, or Bard, you know, explain this to me. Uh, no, give more examples. Mm-hmm. Simplify. Simplify. Summarize. You know I mean? Yeah. Get it to produce the information that you need to help you. Um, it can also have interactive conversations. It can do back and forth dialogue with you, which That's can cool. just kind of be fun. I mean, yeah. um, and they can course correct their answer. So we talked about, so you can expand, you can simplify, you can add more detail in a specific area. Like give me three options. Give me more on option three. Expand on that. Make it this way. Do that. You know, so it's all that memory yeah. allowing you to do that. So those are the things it can do. So tell us what it can't do. So it's not good at giving completely accurate information. <laughs> Although it's really fun if you type in to Bard, what is Homeschool Together podcast? It thinks we're awesome, by the way. It gives us a glowing review that we are helpful, full of information and resources. So some things it has right. Men, but, narrow, men narrow are literally <laughs> shining, shining It was examples. really fun, actually, to, yeah. to do that on ourselves. Um, so you do have to take some things with a grain of salt, especially like new current event type things. Yeah. Those things are like a little bit suspect. Um, longstanding information is a lot more reliable. So when I say... What was most important about ancient Sumer? I'm pretty confident that it's probably getting that right, right? Explain to me a mathematical concept, probably right, Mm -hmm. you know, or some, uh, uh, you know, piece of science, you know, explain cellular mitosis or whatever. It's it's getting that. That's not a problem. Stuff that is in doubt or still has some level of dispute or opinion on can be a little bit more challenging. And I know ChatGPT tries to let you know ahead of time saying, hey, this is... We're not really sure 100%, but right. this is blah, blah, blah. They always put the nice little paragraph in front sometimes when they're you're getting into kind of sketchy like, territory. I'm a language model. I'm not really prepared to say this, but, you know, <laughs> um, it's we, we asked it for things like um, best kids movies of the 80s or something. Yeah. And it gave us uh, one from, it gave us like the Wizard of Oz. We're like, mm, that's not from yeah. the 80s, you know. Started so to hallucinate. It's not perfect. So yeah. you do have to kind of check the information like we said when you're talking about long-standing information like textbook type information yeah. it's pretty solid it really is it's more like current event cultural stuff like that it's not perfect at so be careful um obviously not good for up-to-date info if you're using chatty you have to use bard so if you want mm-hmm. anything that's happened in the last two years you have to use bard or claude um it can't do critical thinking so don't ask it to really think critically about stuff and it can't give you opinions or beliefs um, um they also they're mm-hmm. just like with mid-journey there's a lot of there's a again that same layer where open ai protects the user from um the model by you know restricting certain types of content certain types of prompts that won't allow um certain types of responses or words or um you know it won't give you any racist responses or anything that's negative and bad like that so you can feel fairly confident to let your kids kind of explore in this area because mm-hmm. they do put a little bit of um a parental controls like right content controls because they don't want 
their product spewing out nasty things. Right, and right. They don't so, want yeah. it to do bad things. So that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, the other thing it's not good at is privacy and security. Mm-hmm. So don't put anything on there that's confidential. So our work is, my work is constantly saying, don't use it for anything that's got confidential information because it just becomes part of the training database. So don't yeah. do that. There's a reason um, why it's free. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, it really gives you surface level information. It's not an expert at anything. No. At some point, when you if you ask it to give you more, give yet. you more. Yet. Yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, what did we? What was our caveat? At now, for this now. moment, as <laughs> of now. Um, so it's not an expert. Uh, and if you ask it to keep giving you more detail, more, eventually it's going to just start repeating itself. So it's that's not what it's good at. Um, it's not good at like humor and creativity. Some of that, I mean, it, it can be highly subjective. It's not perfect at that i think it does a pretty good job with like you know give me a write me a short story that's set in this time period like i could have it write me a short story based in ancient sumer that we could read to our daughter ariel why don't scientists trust atoms because they make up everything i mean chatty that's got, good that's straight good, up it's got some good dad jokes that's straight up dad joke territory but it's it's subjective <laughs> um it can be culturally insensitive like obviously they're not going to let you do racist things but yeah. it can it it doesn't have a doesn't have full guardrails doesn't have a, a filter <laughs> so it can say so you know just you know be be aware um, it's really literal when it's interpreting questions so yeah. it doesn't get sarcasm or nuance or colloquialisms or anything like right that. it yeah. has a real hard it struggles time with, with that, that yeah. and that's one of the reasons why sometimes it can be a little culturally insensitive too because it's just a very literal because it's a computer um, it's also not good at finding YouTube videos to support a subject, which is really surprising considering that Bard is owned by Google. <laughs> and one would think when I ask for videos about a subject, it would not take me to website other websites with videos. It would take me to YouTube. Um, I expect that will change. I expect I, we're I going to be able to search Bard and that. say, give me videos on ancient Mesopotamia at a first grade level. And it would do that for us. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's coming. It's just not there yet. So that's kind of what it's good at, what let's it's not ta- good at. I mean, this is a homeschool podcast. These are tools. How can these people use these tools to help them in their homeschool? Save time, come up with ideas, things of that nature. There are so many ideas. I know. We're just going to throw throw a bunch of stuff at you. Yeah. So you can create lesson plans on any subject you can think of. Um, and it will do a very good job at formatting things. It, like it does. Generating like bullets. Bullets and, and, and organizational. Number you know, lists. Give and, me a quick unit study on blah, blah, blah. And it will... Right. Just jank, you know, make a six-week lesson plan on sharks yeah. um, at a third grade level. Include art activities and... Um, recipes and nature study and recommend documentaries to go with it. And you can say that and it will literally make you a five week or six week. I, I asked it to say, you know, generate me an early reader story for a first grader around the letter D. That's a hundred words. Yeah. And it did a fantasy story. Right. It did about dragons and, and this. Write me a CVC story. Yeah. Right. R- write me a LinkedIn um, profile. Oh my gosh. Yes. It writes amazing LinkedIn profile. You guys, it's <laughs> really good. It's like scary good. Yeah. Um, so it can really provide you an overview or key takeaways of a topic. So if you just want to like what's important about this, mm-hmm. um, which is what I've been doing to start each week of our ancient civilization study and like what's the important thing about first writing? What should we know about it? Yep. So we can kind of ground our daughter in what we're going to learn. Um, Really great at comprehension questions for a book. So it's like, oh, give me comprehension questions for chapter one of Tale of Despero. It'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. It'll absolutely do that for you. And it has, it was funny, my um, um, 
I think my boss had a book and he was reading it and he was like, oh man, I have this book club thing tonight and I'm supposed to finish this chapter, but I've been in this meeting all day. And I was like, why don't you ask Chatty for a summary of the chapter? And he was like, you can do that? I go, yeah, absolutely. You can do that. So he did. And he goes, oh my gosh, this saved me so much time. And now I can go to the thing I, I, I wasn't, I was going to show up and not have it done. Right. And so, I mean, listen, we can talk about whether we think things are cheating or not. Obviously, you need to be aware of the things it can do because you do want your homeschoolers to come up with their own original ideas and things. But sometimes it is fabulous to get a summary. Sometimes I think it's great to have a summary of something before we read it to our kids so we know what to expect. So we can say like, oh, okay, this is what's going to be going on. You love to, your favorite example of this is Cliff Notes. You love to read the Cliff Notes first of that section of Shakespeare and then read Shakespeare because you understand so much more about it when you do that. You take away more in less time. Absolutely. And it it makes a better impression. So Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a line right between cheating and, um, and helping, you know, understanding. So let you all draw that line, but these are the things it can do. Um, it can also teach, you know, show you how to teach subjects in different ways. Mm -hmm. So like you, Oh, uh, I'm trying to teach this math thing. I've got this really kinesthetic learner. My curriculum's not supporting that. And my Mm -hmm. kids are just not grokking this. How do I get this? You could ask Bard, Hey, how can I teach the, you know, this math rule or this concept in a different way, maybe Mm -hmm. more of a hands-on way, or I need to do something visual or whatever it is. So you can really adjust your, your needs to your kid's learning style. You can help explain really difficult subjects. So I think this is really great, especially you've got some really difficult like chemistry topics or bio topics that you're like, I'm not sure how I'm going to teach that. I don't fully understand it. This is a great way to get a summary before you go into teaching your student. Um, one, one person I saw had created a calendar for the school year. They That's have cool. a requirement in their state that they have to do so many days of instruction. They already know they want to have these days off at Christmas and they want to have a week in, in the uh, fall for a trip and a week here and they only want to school four days and they did it and it came up with their entire calendar of all their school days. That's tremendous. It can make a block schedule for you it can, or a, and it can do a loop schedule. Um, it can create all of your like daily, weekly, monthly uh, plans. You do have to give it limits and, you know, or you'll be doing school like all day. It'll give you like nine to 12, do this one to five, do this. So, I mean, you have to set some limits, but you could say, I want to teach these seven subjects. I only want to teach for three hours a day in the morning and I want to loop them. Mm -hmm. How long should I spend on each one? And it will make you a a custom weekly plan. Yep. what you can do uh trip itineraries that's a big one that i've heard that people do is so fun. um and that's you know it's great if you guys are going overseas or if you're going traveling with your kids but if you're just going camping to a certain area and you want to know like what are the five trees that are in this area what are the yeah. animals the big animals that are in this area you know where can i you know if i were to go to florence give me a seven day uh travel itinerary and it will do that. It will generate right. seven different days, exactly what you want to visit on each day. And I think it's getting to the point a few of these apps now are going to start saying, well, go to Expedia and book me that trip. Right. You can even say yeah. right now it's able to, you know, if you use Bard, like it's able to say what days you can fly and times yeah. you can fly and stuff. Um, you can say, hey, I'm going to be in, you know, whatever. I said the other day. What are places that I can view dinosaur fossils within a four-hour drive of Seattle? 
That's great. And it gave me all of these different locations. I'm like, I didn't even know it's some like of these existed. A couple existed. more like museums that we didn't heard about. And yeah, all there was stuff. other just places that I just wasn't aware of. Um, so it can do some really great things for you. And of course, you can caveat all that stuff too, right? You can say, oh, I want ideas for this area that would be appropriate for an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah, right. Right? Or, um, you know, what I want, I want things to do. I want to go to Florence and I want things that focus only on art while I'm there. And it'll do that. Or I want to go to Italy and I want to do only wine tours. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that, that you want to do, it gives you really cool ideas. Um, the writing one is, I think, a big one. A lot of writing prompts. Really I, great writing prompts. Writing prompts, but also writing short stories. But I've I've played with it for the writing the short stories thing. And with the amount of rework that's necessary, because it's never what you want the story to be, unless you're just trying to crank out you know, mindless things. Well, if you're it's great tr- to read to your kid. Yeah. It, you know, it, not to say, but just to say like, yeah, oh, exactly. you know, I want, I want my, there's, I don't have a, I don't have a lit selection that goes with this topic I'm exactly. studying. I'll have it write me a quick, uh, story. a quick story that I can read to yeah, my student that's perfect. about that. And you could even put your student in the story because yeah. you could say, write me, let's say your kid's, kid's name is Alex. You say, oh, write me a story um, about a child named Alex who lives on the moon and does this and this and that and gets into adventures or whatever, you could make them the star of their own story. I mean, how cool is that? But you don't make it Alex. You make it Schmalex. That's (laughs) what I always do. It's not a girl named Ariel. It's a girl named (laughs) Schmeriel. My daughters love that. (laughs) Yeah, they love the added shm added to the front of the name. Matthew. So that's a really cool idea. And the writing prompts are excellent. I've been using the writing prompts every week of our ancient civilizations, and it's been really cool to Mm -hmm. generate ideas for our kids. Um, It can also suggest exercises or activities that leverage things you need your student to study. So I've I've actually heard, you know, talking about exercises and activities, I've actually heard people using it to say, build me an exercise plan or build me a running plan. Yeah, like you can actually use it to generate. like, Like if you have a young learner who is starting to get into, you know, playing with robots or building Legos or whatever, you know, give me a build plan over the next month where my learner will build something that's engineering focused in Legos. Yeah. And it will go ahead and give you a bunch of lists of ideas. It's, it's amazing what you can do, especially you unschoolers out there who are looking to help accelerate your kids learning or with ideas. And you feel like, Oh, I'm just not creative enough. You always say that I wake up, I'm not very creative in in the Mm -hmm, moment. mm -hmm. Right. Chatty or Billy, as I'm going to call him, Billy, um, <laughs> can really help you, you know, get over that hump if you feel you're just not creative enough um, to get over, you know, to be spur of the moment, exciting, mm-hmm. um, do different ideas. I think it, it helps open up that 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 opportunity for Absolutely. you. I think it, whenever you're having a block, this is a great way yeah. to unblock yourself. Um, it can also do things like I would like recipes inspired by this time in history. Yes. What, you know, what did they mainly eat in ancient Sumer? And give me recipes that include those ingredients. That's now, a great point. I've not made anything from Chatty, but knowing the recipes it suggests, I can go out to the internet then and find what I think are, you know, well-reviewed recipes mm-hmm. of those things that I mean, I didn't know that that's what they ate. So that's really fun uh, as well. It can provide suggestions to to you as well for how to like improve your writing. So mm-hmm. if you have a student who has written something and they're just not sure about it before you read through it, maybe they they, they just want a peer review, they can ask Chatty or Billy or whatever, really? or Claude, to peer review it for them. They can They can upload it and say, 
can make suggestions of how I could write this better or yeah. what things I could do to make this story more dynamic. What if you've got a child who loves writing fiction? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to write it for them, but maybe they want some critique. Maybe they want some other ideas. It's a great point. Be a critique partner. Right. So that's one, that's a, a really great way to use it. Um, and we, and as we said, it's just a fantastic research tool, um, jumping off point. You do have to try to verify. You can ask for citations. Only Bard and Claude can give citations. Unfortunately, the citations are usually from books and not from like websites that we can verify easily. So, mm. you know, be careful with the research, but it's a great initial step. It will save you a lot of time, um, in, you know, searching endless websites for this information. So mm-hmm. we hope that this has been helpful to you. As we said, we're going to It's keep, kind of a big dump. It's and, a big, there's a lot. To, there's it was very surface level. This is very high. There's so many things you can do with it, guys. I, we haven't even touched the surface. Yeah. And we hope that you'll share in our Facebook group yep. things that you've done with it. If you're interested in this topic, there's a great Facebook group called Using Chat GPT and AI in Homeschooling. And we'll put a link to it in yep. the show notes. Um, the admin over there, creator uh, Mary, has done a great job yeah. of giving some super cool prompt ideas um, for you. I think the big thing with the AI stuff, whether it's image or the language, the LLMs, if you're a little bit leery of it and scared of it, I just encourage you to play with it for an hour. Yeah. You know, sign up to OpenAI, sit down and start making some prompts. Try something, try things, um, give you some ideas, uh, right. have it write something for you, have it do whatever. Almost every person that has not used it, we've who we've pulled into this room right here that we're doing the podcasting, and we put them in front of the screen and say, "Give me a prompt," and we we generate it. Mm-hmm. Their their mouths are on the floor, right? Because it's just amazing to watch it actually happen. And remember, this is ChatGPT three, which is not the latest and greatest version of it. And it's amazing to watch, and I think it dispels a lot of fears. And it, 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 I think you start to see the opportunities, and that you can then apply this in your homeschool whatever it might be, or where mm-hmm. your your learners can, you know, leverage this technology and, and actually have a, a fun experience that may, you know, drive creativity and drive learning and drive right. interest in something that they maybe never thought they would be interested in. I love it. I love the tools. I love it for the possibilities. They're, they feel endless. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't even imagine. They're, takes, they're coming up with new things every day. I feel like it's for, for a, lot of, a lot of people out there, it has turbocharged their creativity. And, and I, I, I always joke with one of my friends that I said about five or six years ago, I said in the future, they're going to ma- um, measure productivity, not by per capita, but by how many AI tools you're going to end up managing. Like you're going to have all your AIs that you'll be managing, whether it's image generation or, you know, large language model here or your accounting tool here and your, your medical tool over here or whatever it might be. You're just going to be using all these AIs to help manage things. And you're going to be the architect in the middle, you know. Right, and I think it's it's valid to say that, yeah. you know, however we might feel about this technology right now, it's definitely going to become a bigger part. I mean, they're uh-huh. already going to be integrating these AI tools into Microsoft products, so yeah. your you know Word and Excel yeah. and stuff, it's going to be there. And I think for our kids, as it's they not going grow, to be clippy anymore. It's going to be uh, chatty. <laughs> yeah, as as our as our kids grow up and then they get ready to move into college and go into the working world, yeah. you know, there are going to be jobs that maybe are not the right jobs to go into at this point because they're, they might be eclipsed by AI. There's going to be jobs where they're going to need to understand and be able to manage 
and, and work with the AI and leverage it. So medical profession will be a good example of that. Legal profession will be another one. Right. They're going to yeah. want to leverage this tool. And I think it's, it's going to continue to grow and continue to be better. Yeah. Obviously there are all kinds of, you know, scary Skynet takes over the world <laughs> things. Um, but at the moment, this is a tool that we have in our toolbox. And I think if we can learn how to use it and utilize it, it can mm -hmm. really help you in your homeschool. I know it's helped us in ours so far. Absolutely. So this is just, like we said, our surface episode. We hope this has given you some ideas. Go play with things, make things, show us what you do. Absolutely. We would love for you to share it with our community um, so we can all help each other to grow and, and learn how to use this in our homeschools. Yeah, more efficient and dynamic homeschoolers. That's right. Let's talk, uh, we'll end it real quick. I know it's been a little bit of a long episode. Um, yeah, we're getting to a streak here. Two really long know, episodes. What's going on? We've just got a lot to say. we got a lot to say. Um, I've been reading a new storybook to my youngest. And I, I, I know my oldest listened to this book as an audio book. And she really liked it. So I have two thumbs up from two different kids, uh, eight and four. Um, it's the Dragon Masters. So if you have a... A little one out there who is interested in dragons. It's kind of a fun, very, very early reading. It's above Kingdom of Renly, right? No, it's a little bit below Kingdom of Renly. Oh, okay. Uh, I think, I think personally, I think Kingdom of Renly is written a little bit more, like slightly more elevated okay. than this. So if you're looking for something, maybe your learner isn't as into Kingdom of Renly, but they're looking for kind of early chapter books. These are chapters are maybe, gosh maybe four or five pages long. Right. And it's You're like reading this to our four-year-old four and she is totally into it. Yeah, so very similar to uh, Renly where there are pictures on every single page. Uh, text does not take up the whole width of the page, the height of the page. It's just like a small block here, a small block here, turn the page, another small block, another mm -hmm. small block. So it's not a lot of reading. I can You can read two chapters in maybe five or six minutes. It's a great precursor if you have older students who are yeah. reading like Wings of Fire. This oh, is yes. the younger student version of that. We do, And this is exactly what's going on in our house. So, we have an older student who loves yeah. Wings of Fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and our younger one who's like, I want to read about dragons. Exactly. And so you got this. This is a scholastic series. Yeah, and I got, the, I got the one from the store that had the first three books in kind of one book. Yeah. And so the first one is basically The Rise of the Earth Dragon. It's a story of Drake. And he is an onion farmer. And he is somehow magically pulled out of his job as being an onion farmer with his family and thrust into the world of raising and rearing dragons. Oh, cool. um, and there's three other kids who are raising the dragons. For some reason, children are the best at raising the dragons and they're these dragon stones and he has to befriend his dragon and the dragon is named Worm and he does not have legs. He just has little wings and he looks like a worm. And he goes through the trials and tribulations each kid has a different dragon and each dragon has a different capability one shoots rainbows and then one shoots fire <laughs> one shoots i think one shoots light it is, they, they all do very funny things and each kid it has its own you know has their own goods and bads and everything and one's a little much of like a bully a little bit and they kind of arrogant and another one's really shy and so has that kind of like nice smattering of different personalities and whatnot it's very cute very quick to read, wonderful artwork, very playful, um, kind of comic booky style, uh, yeah. light and fun. I believe the one we have is color. And so there's a lot of nice vibrant colors in there. No, there's like over 20 books in this series. So if you in... get into it, there's a long runway on this one. <laughs> so. uh, you can get paperbacks for really cheap, like four or five bucks. So if yeah. you want to start collecting them, it's not a very big investment, but they're very fun, very light. And you can definitely see this as being like a book 
I think our oldest might actually be able to pick up soon, maybe in, in a year or so, oh, and actually read to herself. Read to herself. Ooh, that's exciting. Um, yeah, so it definitely has longevity from you know early reading, just as entertainment, not going to bed type of stories, but also maybe as like an emerging reader, early chapter book for a young that's reader. Nice. Kind of has dual uses. Usages I love there. dual use books. Yeah, I at least want to get two uses out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that is the Dragon Masters is written by Tracy West, a very Simple, very quick, um, very fun, very playful book. The stakes are very low and um, it's very sweet and cute and fun. So definitely recommend it. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!